It's the Building Code, Zach Latovich. And I'm Charlie Bertwistle. Charlie, how you been, man? Zach, I've been doing fantastic. Good to see you. Uh, it's good to see you too. I, I love with the, the change of our new schedule. We're in here far more often with the, the weekly episodes. That's uh, right. We're really, we're really just fulfilling the Builder Trend Buds prophecy. Yeah, 100%. We manifested it. Um, and that's what I'm going to keep telling myself when I keep pitching ideas of places, places I should go. But uh, Zach, tell the listeners who we have in the studio today. Yeah, we've got Paul Robinson, founder and CEO of Construct Reach. And we're going to talk a little bit today about some really interesting topics in the construction industry, such as the labor shortage and diversity. Yeah. And the cool thing about Paul is he actually started in the started in the industry and then kind of got away from it and then was kind of pulled back in uh, to start this consulting business and tackle some of these huge issues. So he has experience on the, you know, actually the industry side of things and also from the consulting side of things. So it'll be It'll be fun to get his perspective on what he saw and experienced and, and what he's kind of doing to change it. And I'd also like to tee up, uh, we're going to talk about some data, I think. So that was kind of Paul's first big step when he stepped into this role is like, let's just understand the current landscape. Um, you know, what is the you know average age of uh, a, a contractor out there today? What is the diversity rate across the industry? Uh, really trying to zero in on what's the problem so that he could figure out what's the best approach to a solution. So anytime we get to talk about data, you know I get excited. Yeah, he when they initially launched ConstructReach, they kind of did some study to kind of look at the, the market and to see what people were like in the construction industry. And so some, some little bits here that we'll kind of tease out later is over half of the construction workforce is over 46 years old. So... Um, compared to other industries, they're they're skewing a little bit high as far as the the median age. Forty-four uh, percent of millennials and forty-nine percent of Generation Z uh, people are non-white, and so his his mission and from an organization standpoint is to try and help really use uh, construction as a catalyst of opportunity for a lot of up-and-coming youth that are looking for those opportunities, uh, but traditionally haven't been uh, filled through the minority population. So, you know, we're going to get into all these diversity initiatives and, and strategies that he's kind of done within his community uh, and and really talk a little bit about, um, you know, what, what, what can employers do in order to improve and increase their diversity acquisition of talent and really invest in them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's, it's a major topic, and it's it's great that he's thinking about it now as we're getting ready to, you know, kind of have this next wave of of uh, employees in the construction industry, and, and making sure that we're thinking about that and, and planning for it in advance. So it'll be really interesting to see his takes. Um, let's go ahead and get him in here. All right, Paul, welcome to the Building Code. Thanks for joining us. We're so excited to have you here. We always like to ask our guests when we're getting started, just tell us a little bit about your backstory and, and you know how you found your way to starting a company and construct reach. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, super excited to, to be on today. Um, oh, man, so my journey. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I actually went to school for, for this profession, uh, which is kind of rare. So I, I went to Kansas State University for construction science management and went straight into the industry from from there, uh, various internships. And I knew that this was a, um, a career path that I wanted to to pursue. And so I uh, was in the industry for about six or seven years as a construction project manager, kind of in various um, capacities, if you will, working throughout 
you know, different regions in the United States or what have you. And I mean, it was something that I absolutely loved, you know. And uh, for me, though, I, I I wanted to actually also be, you know, a tangible example in in my community. Um, and so after about six years, I made a huge decision, uh, <laughs> sort of unconventional, right? I, I gave it up. Um, and I, I moved back home. Me and my wife, we moved back home and, and really wanted to uh, have an impact, kind of serve in our community a bit, be tangible examples. You know, for us, we thought that that was um, just more powerful, you know, uh, to, to walk alongside individuals that a lot of times were um, kind of becoming products of their environment. We kind of knew that, you know, there could be more, right? And so did that. But the, the industry called me back uh, to, to start kind of consulting um, around, you know, galvanizing um, younger people, if you will, and introducing them to the industry of construction. And so, um, you know, from there, I, I kind of began to, to be in some focus group uh, meetings that would have you strategic ideation sessions, if you will, with with companies that that wanted to have their construction uh, teams be more representative of the um, of the area that they were building in, um, you know, and more representative of the the working class. But you know, of course, coming from the industry, you know, I knew that that was going to be hard to to tackle because it was an industry wide problem. Uh, where we're just not seeing the the representation from a minority standpoint within this industry, um, and it's such a large industry. And so, just from those um, strategic kind of sessions, focus group sessions, or what have you, you know, I knew that what we were talking about, kind of on a a company by company basis, demanded a, a larger business model, a national effort, and that's how Construct Reach was started. So we started Construct Reach. Back in 2018, uh, so almost a whopping four years. Uh, wow. It's been light speed, you know. Just how much we've been able to to accomplish thus far, uh, and just looking back, man, yeah, it's only been four years. But that's how uh, Con Construct Reach was started. So was in the industry, left the industry, came back to consult, and now building a consulting company to help the industry. So yeah, just couldn't get away. That, that is interesting. Yeah, couldn't get away. <laughs> we've had a we've had a couple guests on here before that have talked about uh, kind of hard it is to retain you know really talented employees, and I, I think it'll be interesting to talk to you because you're almost going one step above that. It's like how do we even get you know the the top of the funnel, you know, a, a wide grasp and a diverse grasp across. The entire country of really, really talented individual into um, you know this new construction field. My dad actually teaches construction tech uh, at a high school, and oh, wow. so he he you know he meets with local kind of colleges and businesses a lot on just like hey who do you have graduating this year like is there any chance like they're looking for internships and makes his job you know pretty easy because it's definitely pretty highly in demand right now. So uh, I love your Absolutely. focus, and you know I'm sure Construct Reach is going to you know do fantastic things um, in this area. So transitioning from working in the industry as you talked about leaving coming back and now as like a consultant what things have you know changed or what things did you experience in your time in the construction industry that you're you know you're you're taking and learning from and kind of actively trying to change where would you say your, your kind of main focus areas are that you experienced yeah no very good question um you know of course you know, well, over the last two years, a lot has changed, right? Just yeah. with, with work and, and how we approach it. Uh, but there are some things that, that are still the same. Um, you know, for, for me coming up in the industry and 
you know, majoring in in this industry as well, um, you know, and seeing the the disparity in the numbers, right? Not really seeing um, any other person that that looked like me, right? Um, you know, and that's definitely something that you know I had a, a firsthand experience with, and. You know, in my professional career, I was very fortunate to to be surrounded by by individuals that, you know, poured into me that were that were great mentors or what have you uh, that I still maintain relationships with. But having that sense of connection, being able to really see yourself in positions, entry level positions and not even just entry level positions, but decision making um, positions as well. You know, that was something that was kind of far and few between. And being younger, right, coming into the industry, a lot of times, you know, I kind of, I was the youngest one, right? And so it's like, oh my gosh, what do I do out here with all of these grown men? Like, <laughs> you know, um, and it was, it was interesting, man, from that perspective and that capacity, you know, not really seeing as much representation, but then also not having other peers, right, that, that you could kind of connect and relate to as you were entering into your professional career. And with Construct Reach, that's one of the things that we try to do is to, for one, you know, allow others to see themselves in this industry, right? Because if you can't see yourself, then you can't see yourself actually being in it, right? And so understanding, you know, the importance of being able to identify with others, um, you know, not just those entry-level positions, but seeing how far you can go, right? And seeing yourself represented in, in the various, the very highest positions um, that this industry has to offer, but then also creating a sense of community as well to where, you know, young people that are transitioning from adolescence into young adulthood, that's already a big transition in and of itself. Now you put, you know, a new career onto that as well. Uh, that could be, you know, a, a very uh, pivotal time, you know, for a young person transitioning you know, into young adulthood and their career and having that support system, having other peers that are, you know, going through a similar experience, a shared experience, there's a lot that you can glean from that where you get that type of support. And so those are just a couple of the things that, um, you know, we've tried to, to implement and address, you know, based on just my personal experience and what a lot of others have experienced as well coming up throughout uh, through this industry. That's super interesting. And I want to get into your strategies and construct reach uh, a little later in our interview and talk about kind of what you guys do. Um, I, I know out, you know, from, you know, your experiences, you know, we, we talked at the start of the show, kind of the research that you do though, to kind of understand the, the data behind the construction industry. Charlie's a data scientist, as we like to always point out. So we were, it really stuck with us. And, you know, some of the numbers that were really interesting. You, you mentioned how old they are. So you found that, you know, the 44% of millennials and 49% of generation Z are non-white. There's not a lot of diversity in construction. And this is an, an industry that's booming. It is an, op it's yeah. just teeming with opportunity. Is that what kind of led you to go and found construct reach or, you know, what, what was kind of yeah. the genesis of like, when you looked around and you see the age gap and you see the, you talked about what, you know, people don't look like you. Um, yeah. Is that what inspired you to go and, and take the leap? Absolutely, man. Um, you know, there's, it's a lot of moving parts, right? And, and it's not to say that, um, 
you know, diversity initiatives have not been taking place right prior to Construct Reach. You know, we um, we didn't recreate the wheel by by any means. Uh, there's a lot of efforts that have been taking place, but one of the things that we have realized, um, just historically speaking, is that it's been very siloed. So you'll have a lot of different efforts that are taking place, but there's no continuity. There's no collective effort, and for us, before we even you know, really positioned ourselves in the marketplace before we even began to to actually do business, if you will. Um, you know, we, we did the research and one of the things that we wanted to do was to hear people's take on the construction industry pipeline and the state of the industry from all of the stakeholders. You know, so that includes brands, that includes the employers within the industry, whether you're a GC, a subcontractor, architectural engineering firm, surveyor, what have you, developer. Um, and but then also another major stakeholder being educators, you know, educators, uh, especially since, you know, a lot of the kind of public funding was taken out of public schools years back as we were trending toward more uh, technology and rightfully so, but those jobs didn't go anywhere, right? And so um, when you saw the construction specific educational courses kind of get taken down or cut down a bit in public schools, the relationships between educators and industry also started to widen. And educators felt like they were not in a position to speak in an informed way about the industry in a very updated way about the industry to their students, and not just their students, but also to their parents and to their guardians as well, right? Because educators kind of see themselves as those gatekeepers. You know, you have parents, you have students that are really depending on them and their guidance, if you will, uh, hence guidance counselors, you know, to, to provide some sort of direction about what's possible and what's feasible and what are some, what are some you know, next steps that one can take post high school. And you know, then of course, the, the young talent that's out there, a lot of untapped potential. And so when you have all of these moving parts that have a perspective about the industry, you know, and getting them able, getting them around the table to talk through their various perspectives and then to get their buy-in to say, hey, well, you know what? Well, if we remained siloed, then things are going to stay the way that they are. The industry won't be sustainable because there is a lot of demand and you have a lot of untapped potential that's out there that we really could be getting in front of. And if we replicate this, not just changing knowing how much the industry pays, knowing that you can have a successful career. So not just changing one person's life, but if we're replicating that, changing families and then communities, right? And then getting to the equity that now has become a more mainstream conversation. And so for us, when we begin to, to take all of that inventory, look at the research, talk to the stakeholders that represent the entire construction industry pipeline, from there, we were able to formulate kind of how we want to position ourselves in the marketplace uh, as that facilitator uniting all of the stakeholders and also making sure that there's alignment between those stakeholders. Um, so for us, we try to be as ubiquitous as we can, meet a younger demographic where they are, uh, knowing that this industry you know, is booming, knowing that there's a lot of demand, knowing that there's a retirement crisis hovering over right this, this industry there's a lot of positions that are available, but you can't just fill them, right? <laughs> you can't just you can't just fill them because this 
younger generation is the most diverse that it has ever been. And the industry has had a long-standing area of opportunity, right, to create a culture that is conducive to a minority success. And so now you've got to address what's historically been a problem while still trying to make sure that you're sustainable, but being able to position yourself that is attractive to a younger, diverse demographic. And so for us, that's where you had all of the moving parts that's kind of really shaped this holistic and kind of full service, if you will, or A to Z approach with um, attacking, you know, this, this problem with making sure that the industry is in a place to receive uh, this young talent, but then also meeting that young talent where they are, introducing them to the industry of construction, educating them on the various career pathways that exist, um, affirming them kind of where they are, and then connecting the dots so that they do have an experience that matches what we're communicating on the front end. I, I, I love that approach, and it definitely resonates with me a little bit when you're talking about the disconnect between the, the educators and the industry. Um, before I came to work at BuilderTrend, uh, I had no idea all the different roles and, and opportunities that they were just in the broad landscape that is construction, right? To me, it was always like construction. I'm going to go out with a hammer build stuff. and build stuff, right? But now, I mean, you listed a ton of different ones. You got, you know, architectural engineering. You got, you know, people that do all your, you know, landscape and your selection coordinators purchasing. Like, there's all these roles that, that fill the pipeline that I was just blatantly unaware of that those were even opportunities before I started working, you know, at Builder Trend. Yeah, it's really interesting. Paul, I was a, I'm an ex-teacher, actually. I taught for seven years in public schools here in Nebraska. And yeah, I would be the first to admit, we didn't talk about construction opportunities to our students. It was about going to college, right? And, yeah. and getting them there. And then you go look at the data of number of students who go to college and don't get a degree. And yeah, there's, there's this unique opportunity of like, we could have probably been more strategic about, you know, is it the best thing to go to college when you can go learn a lot of the skills in construction that are business skills? There is so much yep. uh, investment that can be made. And I've seen it in my time, I was a consultant traveling for Builder Trend and I would talk to people and their backgrounds. And so many of them started as a field crew worker, but have worked their way up to a project manager or a scheduler, or, you know, they, they do handle procurement and they're, they're, it is incredible to see uh, and learn from people, uh, their stories. So it sounds like your mission is to kind of expose that gap um, to the, the population, what that opportunity provides. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, you know, and I mean, that's definitely something key that she said, especially coming from education. You know, that's one of the things that we're starting to see change a bit, right, with the different CTAE or CTE career pathways that are being introduced now in schools. Um, because, you know, for a long time, it was about going to college and getting that four-year degree. And, you know, when you, when you didn't do that, that's when construction was presented. That's when construction was offered as this alternative. And so it was almost like you failed into this industry, you know, and that's something that, you know, school is really trying to um, combat and come against and create a different narrative to where they're celebrating, you know, different steps that, you know, a young person can take uh, that celebrates college, but as well as, 
you know, taking a different route, you know, and going straight into a career or getting a certification, right? Uh, and celebrating that, you know, just as they would a four-year degree. And so, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're beginning to see, you know, more and more states adopt the career pathways into the high school level um, and celebrating some of those and really beginning to be more proactive in developing those relationships uh, with industry and with corporations, you know, to expose young people to the different career pathways that exist. So, so you've spoken kind of on, you know, fixing the, the funnel leading into the industry and changing the narrative, which I think is great. Um, are you also working with people in the industry on how they should, you know, approach hiring and, you know, approach, you know, marketing and recruiting, um, different talent in a industry that historically has lacked a lot of diversity? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. All day, every day. <laughs> there you, um, go. you know, that is definitely something that we, we spend a lot of time doing, right? And that's where the kind of the consultation comes um, within the confines of the industry, making sure that they understand that just because you have open positions doesn't mean, right, that a younger demographic is going to be attracted to, to your company. Um, and what does it mean to develop those relationships with educators, uh, being able to invest in having formalized internship programs. Now you get a chance to really develop talent uh, at low risk, but you also get a chance to, to make these ongoing connections with future talent, with future employees, if you will, if you do that right. Uh, and so, you know, that lends itself to, to us helping with, you know, their external communications, their marketing, uh, establishing relationships with certain organizations that may be in the community that are more grassroots that you can come alongside, um, letting them know about different opportunities, maybe outside the box to expose young people to what this industry has to offer, you know, a project that's going on or being able to come alongside of a school and, and partner with them on things that they do have going on. Um, you know, in addition to that, creating internship curriculum that takes into account a diverse perspective as well. Um, you know, those are things that, that we help do, um, formalize new hire programming as well, training and providing professional development for existing leadership, you know, because a lot of times you have, whether it's the field or the office or whomever those direct managers would be for interns and new hires that are coming in, a lot of times they're the face of the company for this young and fresh talent. So how are we putting them in a position to really lead uh, in a very intentional way, allow them to understand, you know, who their audience is, because that matters, understanding who you're leading matters uh, and, and really putting them in a position to succeed, uh, which builds an affinity for the company and the industry so that we can retain uh, some of this talent as we begin to be more strategic and intentional about how we attract them and then how we develop them. Yeah. And I, I think, so I mentioned, you know, when we were talking before this, that Zach and I were listening to one of your episodes, of your podcast before this. Um, and you talk about that a little bit is like, well, historically, like if I don't know anybody, um, that wants to work in construction or doesn't kind of view it as a, an industry that you fail into that you mentioned earlier. How do I go about um, even even changing that problem or starting to change it? So I think that's great advice. Do you want to talk a little bit about your new your new podcast, I Reach? That, that was the episode that we were, we were kind of mentioning there. Oh, man. Yes, 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 yes. So I Reach, a uh, brand new podcast, man. And this is where, you know, we, we get a chance to um, 
just chop it up, you know, talk just like we're doing now with, with various folks uh, throughout the industry that represent the entire pipeline. So it could be brands, it could be educators, GCs, young people, you name it, uh, where we're hearing their perspectives about this industry, uh, success stories, uh, and making sure that, you know, we are presenting this industry of construction, you know, as as a viable career choice, right? And, and hearing it from different perspectives, hearing it from people that, you know, maybe sometimes you don't get a chance to hear. And so amplifying some of those voices uh, from a brand that that builds, right, across the nation uh, to a GC that may be building for various brands and companies uh, to educators that are partnering with those companies that are building for those brands to young people who may be in the classroom. And so it's making that connection, you know, between all of those different stakeholders, man, to show uh, how this is an industry that you can really be proud of and that you should be pursuing because it's one that, that definitely pays off. And so we, um, we, we air episodes every Tuesday. Uh, so on a weekly basis, man. So I am, uh, in you guys' seat now, um, <laughs> interviewing various folks, but it's, it's, it's an absolute pleasure, man. I, I, I love it. It's definitely something that has been in the works for a while. Um, because I'm always having conversations with, with various folks. Uh, we do a lot of things within the community that, you know, we try to bring visibility to uh, and raise awareness because exposure is key, right? And I think doing a podcast is another way of exposing, um, you know, what this industry has to offer, the different career pathways that exist that you wouldn't know about. And so we just, we really try to live out um, the the words in the company, right? Construct reach, building reach, building reachable opportunities through construction. And of course, the I Reach podcast, right? Let us reach you where you are. <laughs> I love it. Well, let's dive in a little deeper about kind of some specific success stories with with Construct Reach. And, you know, you mentioned that you talk about that on the podcast. We'd love to give our listeners a little preview of some of the things that you're doing in your community about how we're uh, growing this construction industry and, and the labor uh, that, that fills it. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that we started back um, in our very first year um, was this community outreach event that was called I Built This. And since then, it's kind of become our, our national flagship, if you will, community engagement event where we're able to partner with um, you know, some of our, our brands to turn construction into more of a communal event. Uh, if you will. So to get behind the construction fence per se. And, you know, we partnered with the surrounding schools, school districts, workforce development organizations, nonprofit organizations that are trying to introduce and prepare young people for uh, successful careers. And for two days, man, we, we take two different groups, maybe, um, you know, different high schools or what have you, to introduce them to the different career pathways that exist. They participate in hands-on activities that actually correlate to the construction and or design of the project that is going on. And, you know, it's it's more than just, I would call it um, more than just a field trip, but it's a very immersive experience for them because everything is tailored around the young person, you know. Um, you know, the entire day, the entire experience is, and we keep a lot of things kind of close to the vest because we, we, we like to witness the journey of, of them experiencing this. You know, they come in at first, they're kind of shy, try to play it cool, but by the end of the day, you know, <laughs> they let their hair down, man. They are excited, they're yelling. 
but I mean, you have hands-on um, activities that are taking place. You've got giveaways. You've got prizes, man. You may have dance competitions. Uh, you've got inspirational messages that are that are being given. Um, you know, there's scholarships as well that are being presented. Like, you know, we love to partner with, you know, um, different schools that, that have scholarships available that the students may not know about, right? Um, if we are doing things and partnering with the union as well, you know, we're talking about, you know, how they could um, enter into the union. You know, we're talking about pre-apprenticeship programs, um, providing sponsorship, providing scholarships into that, um, entry-level positions, internships. You know, all of that stuff is available on site because we don't just want to get them excited about this industry, but we want to introduce this industry in a different light affirm them where they are, allow them to experience the fact that they they do have the skills and they do have the ability and they do have the potential, right, to be successful within this industry for whatever career path they get exposed to, but then not to just leave them there, but to actually have next steps, right, in a variety of different next steps. If it's a career pathway that requires, you know, a degree, being able to to have those opportunities there on site. If it's, you know, something that, you know, can lend itself to an internship because of an interest that has been sparked, we have that there. If it's, you know, pursuing, um, you know, a, a program or getting into a pre-apprenticeship program, or what have you, we have those opportunities there as well. Um, and so, I mean, it's definitely been something that you know, we've been able to hang our hat on. We've gotten very, very good feedback. I mean, you're talking about 80% of the students who are attending, you know, are responding saying now they are considering a career within this industry and beforehand they had not, you know, wow. and you have educators saying never before have I've been able to allow my students to be part of something like this, right? And so, you know, it's just been a blast and we, we show a consolidated effort, really, uh, from an industry standpoint. You have the buy-in from the brand and really being able to, um, you know, allow things to take place that really demonstrates, um, you know, that community engagement, that social commitment. Um, you know, you have the general contractor that, you know, is, is leading that particular project. You have the subcontractors who are participating in that. They get a chance to participate as well other industry partners that we have. And so you have this collective front that we that we put on to showcase, you know, the solidarity that we have in supporting them and meeting them where they are. And I mean, it's just, it's an amazing time, man. Yeah, it sounds like an amazing time. I was wondering if there's like an age limit on it. Or I, I knew, I knew Charlie was about to ask for an invite. Like I just see, I was just yeah, like, when is it coming? There, man. Absolutely. <laughs> It's kind of a thing, Paul, we have, we got running, you know, bits on the podcast and we're trying to get Charlie out of the office. So we always try to <laughs> send him out to whoever will take him. frankly. Yeah. It's a bit, uh, yeah. it's a bit for Zach, but for me, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's reality, of <laughs> but that is, I mean, we gotta get you out there with us. <laughs> it'd be great. I mean, you know, work at a construction tech company, though. that's another opportunity for people that want to get all other opportunity, world of opportunity. Yes. That's yeah, awesome. Man. That 80% number is insane. Uh, you know, one of our favorite sayings, like men lie, women lie, but data doesn't like, 80% of people that attend these things are actually, you know, changing their mind. Like that's, that's an incredible stat and definitely something to be really proud of. It, it yeah, just, yeah. I was sorry. I was just saying it strikes. It just like, it takes a lot of effort to put those events on and coordinating it and like, 
time to continue to grow, but you know, been around for four years now and, and it probably feels like you're just getting started. Yeah, yeah, it does, man. Um, you know, we've been able to to really grow this and have this type of impact even during a COVID environment, right? Um, and so a lot of the a lot of the events have been scaled down, but now, you know, we're kind of beginning to see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, that is picking up. Yeah. You have more and more schools and school districts uh, and cities that want to participate. Uh, and so we're super excited, man, about this. And so, um, yeah, we, um, we're we on a wave now, man. So we're going. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Paul, as we're getting close to time here, I, I want to give you one last opportunity. Obviously, we have a lot of people in the construction industry, you know, listening to this podcast and people that run their own business that are trying to fill that, you know, demanded from an uh, employee standpoint. Is there any advice you could give them or places that, you know, they should look to get started um, if they're wanting to, you know, tackle some of these diversity initiatives that you've that you've mentioned throughout this episode? Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, um, you know, <laughs> but outside of construction, reach, right? Uh, if that's where you want to go. No, right. but um I would say on on a serious tip, man. Um, you know, if you are an employer, and and this is definitely something that is top of mind, and it probably is right for for most of your audience because this is an industry wide um, kind of dilemma that we are in. Um, you know, it's making sure that you do the proper assessment internally first, right? Um, you know, there's there's nothing like putting forth a lot of effort. Um, you know, and and going through all of the steps to get in front of young talent that you're not ready for, right? And so that's one of the things that we like to stress. Um, it's not a cookie cutter approach. It's not a cookie cutter model. So you're not going to do these ten things and then you know magically see this pipeline and this diverse pipeline grow right uh, overnight. It is it is really looking at. You know, how you do business, um, understanding that DEI is something that should be interwoven into the fabric of the company, uh, but making sure that you are healthy to receive them. You're not going to be perfect, right? Uh, if there's a person there, it's 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 not perfect, right? But we can be healthy. And, and you know, it's making sure that, you know, companies are healthy and, and ready to receive the young talent that's out there, building and establishing relationships that gets you in front of uh, this younger top um, pipeline, if you will, you know, and, you know, taking it from there, understanding that, you know, everything is not going to change overnight, but you have those building blocks that are in place, building that rapport, building those relationships, you know, and then just leading with vulnerability. Uh, I know that can be hard at times, but, you know, you don't have to have it all together either before you begin to bring in young talent. But if you let them know what you are trying to do and how they play a key part in that and you affirm them and then you allow them to add value, right? And they can see that there's an upward trajectory for them and you do that in a very authentic way. Now you are building, right? Very intentional. And now you are building future advocates for your company that can go and speak to their community about not only what this industry has to offer, but the amazing employer, right, that they've been able to have success with. And now that begins to shine a positive light for you. And that's how you build that pipeline. And so it's just that intentionality, um, you know, relational and owning kind of where you are. Yeah, I, I mean, 
that, that seems like a fantastic place to start. And then obviously we'll also link construct reach and, and I, and I reach in the show notes as well too, if people are wanting to do kind of one step further. Um, but thank you so much, Paul, for coming on today. I feel like this was super, super informative and I'm, I'm sure our listeners will feel the same way. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll see you in a, whenever that, uh, the next, uh, event is that you're putting on, I'll be there. Yes. <laughs> Sounds good. No, thanks for having me guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Paul. All right. We just had Paul Robinson from Construct Reach on. Charlie, as always, I love your perspective on what we talked about. I, I appreciate you asking for my perspective, Zach. I, That's I, why I'm here. I, I don't know about that, but that was uh, a really interesting podcast episode. And I, I say that because I feel like this is the first time we've really addressed the issue of, one, just having enough employees to Yeah, the labor shortage. The labor shortage, but then, two, having uh, making sure that that labor funnel is, you know, a diverse funnel and that we're accessing, you know, kind of areas and, and, and diversities that we haven't historically in the past as a construction industry. So I mentioned in the show, we've talked about people before how to retain good employees um, or even how to hire good employees, but going all the way back to how do you let, you know, kids and students know what the possibilities they have in the industry are and kind of fixing the funnel or yeah, fixing the problem all the way at the very, very top. Um, and planning for kind of the downhill effects of that, I thought was a really unique perspective and and one that I'm interested to continue to talk to Paul about and, and see how it goes. Yeah, that was fantastic. It's really interesting when you start to delve into these, where the, the core problems lie and what are right. solutions that we can actually take to to solve them. And the the thing that I have a lot of respect for Paul on is he's doing it in a way that is he mentioned the grassroots element to it. And so he's really starting in his own community and that has such a dramatic impact on the people around him. I really respect the notion of taking a risk, starting over, giving something up and sacrificing because it calls you from a a higher purpose. And this is a place that, that could really change people's lives. And that's, that's pretty incredible. And organizations like this are rare. And so we highly encourage you to explore Construct Reach to learn more about them. Check out their website. Listen to to Paul's podcast, iReach, to learn more about the initiatives that they're taking in their communities and just shows that any industry can make an impact, right, with the right people who have good intentions uh, and want to make a difference. And construction, you know, kind of has that feel of you're building homes and and places for people to live. And, and it, you know, takes people who are also thinking about how do we even get people into the industry to continue uh, to help the the industry thrive. So I really enjoyed talking to Paul uh, and I'm definitely going to be a subscriber to his podcast. Absolutely. And, and on the topic of, this is actually a really neat segue uh, into this will go live at the end of March. Uh, March was women's history month and Builder Trend did a really, really cool uh, kind of blog series on, you know, women in construction and so when you listen to this episode, um, feel free to go out to the buildertrend.com backslash blog as well too, uh, and read some of the, the things that we, we posted there. Um, as we're thinking about people that historically haven't been, you know, on the front of mind for, from a hiring and from a construction standpoint, you know, women in the workplace and women in construction is something that is, is definitely changing, um, at, at, throughout the times. And so it's cool to, recognize that, um, as we're finishing up the month. And I think it ties in really, really nicely with this episode. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us as always. I'm sure Charlie would love to plug our like comment, yeah. subscribe. Absolutely. Check us out on Facebook. Yep. Uh, the, the building code crew on Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, we made a joke about this the other day 
that we don't plug our YouTube nearly enough, but we do release full episodes on YouTube with video. Uh, so if you ever wanted to see just how silly Zach looks, <laughs> and, and feel free to go wow. out there and uh, check that out as well, too. I was going to say just the, the chemistry between Charlie and I, but yeah, just take a, take a low blow. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Uh, that's all the shameless plugs I have. I'm Charlie Burwissel. I'm Zach Vitovich. See ya. Well-